You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from Heritage Baptist Church in Corpus Christi, Texas, led by Pastor Johnny Che. Our church is dedicated to serving Jesus Christ and reaching the world by going forward with the gospel. We pray that you will be helped and blessed by this message from God's Word. Proverbs 22 in your Bibles, please. Proverbs 22. Thank you so much for the great opportunity to be here again. In Corpus Christi, I like it. It's, it's bigger than what I thought. I used to come all those years ago, Brother Roloff and different individuals here, and it just seems like <clears throat> it's grown so much, and I like this area. It's south of Mason-Dixon line. I like that for sure. We have now been retired for two years, and so been traveling extensively around the country and preaching everywhere, and I guess we're we just came out of Tennessee and uh, came here and preached in uh, Gladewater, Texas, and then drove here. And then uh, we'll be here through uh, mid-April, I guess, preaching different churches, different places. But I like Texas because it's next door to Louisiana. And so and that's where I'm from. So what a wonderful place uh, God has given you here, the church, and uh, everything's so beautiful and, and put together right. And uh, I know that you're excited about being in the auditorium, and uh, I pray that you would uh, just pray for the meeting this week and that we'll have a good time together and lives will be changed. The greatest thing that you can do is come to the house of God asking God to change your life forever. Amen. I'm not careful. I was, I was born and raised a Roman Catholic, and we just kind of went out of, out of habit sometimes. When I got saved by the grace of God, I understood that when I got my life changed in an independent, fundamental, blowing a bottle, spitting a sand, hallelujah, shouting Baptist church, I understood very carefully that I was there to be changed. And so when I came to the house of God, I came prepared to hear the preaching of the word of God and ask God to change me when I came and heard what God had to say from the book. So I pray that be that way today for you. Well, it's always a joy to be with the Chase. Uh, it, it's just doing a good work here, great work here. And that's wonderful. Had a good time of fellowship with, with old man Chay. He, he ain't much bigger than his son, is he? But anyway, he, I had to put him in his place. But anyway, he's a good guy. And it's a joy to see folks that we've known. Been here a couple of times and uh, I just appreciate the opportunity. Proverbs 22 in your Bible. I'm doing a little history thing today, maybe more than anything, but it's so important that we know what we are. In today's society, we don't even know who we are anymore. I mean, we don't even know who, who, what a man is and what a woman is. I, that's how confusing we are. But as I travel this country now for these many years and pastor the same church for 40 years and travel every week of my life preaching somewhere, I find out sometimes people that within our independent Baptist church don't even know what they are. I am a fundamental, independent, Bible-believing Baptist. That's what I am, Big B Baptist. Now, I say that because I know what I am because I studied what I am. When I got saved, by the grace of God, I began to study Roman Catholicism because I wanted to know what I was mixed up with that I didn't understand anything about. And when I understood just how deceived I was, I understood that I wasn't going to be deceived the second time, so I started studying this thing out. I am a Baptist by conviction. 
because I know what that book says and I know what history says. Are y'all with me now? I have talked to individuals that on mission field that in their area was not a lot of Baptists. And I asked them, what are you? He said, according to that Bible, when I read that Bible, I am a Baptist. And so I want to talk a little bit about that, why I'm a Baptist, or the Baptist distinctives. Father, help us today a little while in Sunday school. More, more than anything, uh, Lord, somewhat of a history lesson. I pray that you would <coughs> help us to be able to deliver it where it'd be understandable. And I pray, Lord, that these precious folks that are here today that came out, nobody twisted their arm, they're here because they love you and want to hear something from thy word. Pray that something would be said today. It'd be a help and a blessing to them. Pray that you'd bless the meeting this week, that it would change lives. We ask in Jesus' name and amen. Look at verse uh, 28, if you would, please. Proverbs 22, remove not the ancient landmarks which thy father have set. In our church at Northwest Bible Baptist Church, we had those big letters. I think they're still there on remove not the old landmarks. Uh, that is, that is, they have them here in Texas, the landmarks. See, we, 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 today, a lot of times we don't have individuals changing the landmark. They're just muddying the waters where you don't know where the, the lines are anymore. Anybody that's a true Bible believer will draw the lines very tight. But you get mad at the preacher because he's drawing straight lines because he's preaching that book. Thank God that he is. We need them in our country. We had them in our country. We wouldn't be going the way we're going right now. We had them at one time. We don't have them anymore. And I'm simply saying that this passage is a command. I want you to look at it. It's a command. Look at it one more time. Remove not the ancient landmarks which thy fathers have set. The meaning of landmarks here is, is the great doctrines of the Word of God. We're not to change those. Are y'all with me? Some big church in our area, 22,000, 25,000 in membership. You can be baptized any way you want to. You can be dipped, you can be sprinkled, you can be spit on, it don't matter. Squirt gun, it don't matter. You see, that's, that's a doctrine. And the Bible says, don't move those landmarks. Well, we've got churches moving the landmarks. We're talking about the great doctrines of the Word of God. We don't change those. And so we have these little uh, ecclesiastical compromisers who spend their, their, their spend their deadly doctrines of the doctrine divide and love unifies. And this is true. Doctrine does divide and it should divide by the way. And love does unify and we need both of them. We need doctrine to keep us right. And we keep need the compassion and love that it takes that our Lord had. And for sinners, we understand that. But don't you ever sacrifice doctrine for love. The rock and roll churches all in this area that have the big congregations, they're just compromises what they are. And they keep pushing love and love and love. But the God of love is also the God of wrath and God of judgment. And when we miss that, we're going to miss it. And if a preacher won't preach that, he ain't got enough guts to stand in the pulpit. He ought to resign, go get him a good job. Because you've got to preach the love of God, but you've got to preach the judgment of God also. There is a heaven and there is a hell. And so we need to understand that. You don't, you don't mess with those doctrines. Doctrine does divide. And the day ever comes where we choose love over truth, we're, we're in trouble. We're to get both. I'm simply saying that we're never to remove those landmarks our forefathers have laid. So we're never, we're never to dip our colors. Our Bible-believing forefathers have left us a great heritage. Many of those came to America years ago and fled the persecution that they had, religious persecution, to come here to give us the Bible doctrines. In 20, 1220 A.D. to 1808 A.D. was the Inquisition, the Spanish Inquisition. 
How many of you here are Spanish? You have a Spanish descent? Spanish? I'm Gomez. Our folks are from Castile, Spain, my, my ancestry. Roman Catholics, the, the, the great Spanish Inquisition. If you know anything about history, you understand the Catholics were now persecuting the Bible believers and killing them. I don't know, knowing my personality, I would think that maybe some of my kinfolk was part of the Inquisition. Kim over here, my wife, my second wife. I've had two wives. I'm a Mormon. But anyway, <laughs> my second wife, uh, she's got German. She's German. And uh, do y'all remember the, the, remember the Holocaust? Remember the Holocaust? Kill all those Jews? And folks asked us, when we got married, would y'all have any children? I got to thinking, I, if my ancestry was part of the Spanish Inquisition, killing by believers, and hers was part of the killing the Jews, God's chosen people. If we had a child, he'd be the Antichrist. So we, we didn't have any children. That's supposed to be funny, folks. But anyway, you didn't drink enough coffee today. Uh, but anyway, during that time, uh, the Spanish Inquisition, uh, 600 years of Inquisition has hunted down and killed Baptist people. Are y'all with me now? We're not to hold hands and hug up with people that hate us. We're not to do that. We're to try to win them, but we're not to fellowship with them. And I'm just simply saying that it's amazing how we're so forgiving sometimes and include people that shouldn't be included because they're actually our enemies. They hunted down the Baptist people and killed them. People fled Germany and Bohemia and they came uh, from Bohemia and Switzerland and they fled and many of them came and fled to Europe and then to America to worship and practice their Bible beliefs. That's our history, folks. Some people don't know our history and our poor kids are going to public schools and being indoctrinated instead of educated. And then even in our Christian school, they're not taught some of this stuff. You need to know who you are and where you came from. And if you don't know that, you're not going to know where you're going. And so we understand that this was happening. We, we're teaching Columbus sailed the ocean blue and he came to discover America, didn't he? He came to get the gospel out is what he did. He was like a missionary. But we don't know that because that's not what we're taught in our public schools. I'm simply saying that, that it's amazing. They paid with their lives and they, they put to death, they were put to death by the Jesuit priest and, uh, who carried out the Inquisition. And uh, my, my, my life has been dedicated now. Everything we do, and, and Brother Che, you know this, everything we have at Northwest Bible Baptist Church of the 40 years I've been there is for the next generation. I want to leave a line of strong, fundamental, independent Bible believer Baptists and uh, children, our children, they need to know that so they'd be strong in what they believe and understand. Are y'all with me now? The reason we're having a weak America today because we have no patriotism today because nobody ever taught our children strong patriotism. America is an exceptional country, extremely exceptional. Look at me. Don't freeze up on me while I'm talking to you. Look at me. Why are people dying to come to this place? We don't have people dying to go everywhere else. People are dying to come to America. They know what we are. Freedom. Opportunity. When I hear somebody complain about America, it makes me mad. See, preacher, you shouldn't act that way. I'm going to stay that way. It took me 71 years to get this way. I ain't changing. You got it? I'm mad about people are complaining about the United States of America, the land of opportunity with all of our problems and foibles is still the greatest country in all the world. I've traveled the world. I've preached around the world. It's the greatest country in all the world. Are y'all listening to me? People are dying to get here. And if you don't understand that, you don't understand what's happening on your border. I'm simply saying that 
I want to, I want to, I want to leave our, our children with strong standards and strong Bible beliefs where they can carry on the great Bible-believing Baptist tradition. And I want my people to understand what the church is and who it belongs to. Uh, I see these individuals go to non-denominational churches. Let me go ahead and define that for you. I'm not your pastor. If you're visiting here, you come back and hear the man of God. I'm not the man of God for this pulpit. You come back and hear Brother Che, but I'm going to say what I know to be true, so I'm going to talk to him. I, these non-denominational churches, preacher, non means nothing. Let me define that for you. If you went to public school, I'm going to try to help you with definition. Non means nothing. And denominational means you can believe whatever you want. So you go to a non-place that doesn't believe anything and you can be a part of it and everybody can believe whatever they want and who cares? Well, bless God, that's not what a Bible-believing church is about. You can freeze up on me, folks, but I've been in this a long time and I preach in a lot of churches. It is crazy what the so-called denominational headquarters have pushed their people into where they just said, back off and let everybody come. We're a soul-winning institution and we're to go out there and get them to come in here. We're not to have a program of a rock concert to get them in. That is not what a local New Testament church is all about. And these non-John churches, that's what they're about. And when people go that way, the reason they go that way is because they've never been settled in this matter of what I am. And I am a strong Baptist and continue to be so. And God has given us great responsibility, preacher, not to remove those landmarks. Now, I know the arguments uh, of cooling off and compromising a little bit <clears throat> to reach a certain segment. That's what some of you believe. You're not fooling me. I've preached enough times. Some of you flee. If he just backs off a little bit, we could, we could reach the educated crowd. We don't need the educated crowd. We need God's crowud is what we need. You understand that? At Northwest Bible Baptist Church, we've got everything. I've, lived every, I've led everything to Jesus Christ. I mean, from doctors, lawyers, to, to policemen, to, to bankers, to everybody. But we also reach the down and outer and the drug addict and the drunk. Could I say this to you? That's our crowd. Let me say that again. Jesus Christ ran with sinners. He didn't run with the religious crowd. So many folks are like the religious crowd, so it could be this high church thing. High church is not where it's at. It's a preacher like your pastor getting up here and throwing a stinking fit, taking that Bible and preaching to you as a dying man to dying people. That's what it's all about. And we're to go out there and reach the lost for Jesus Christ. We're not to try to get any transfers just because they come from some of these other churches. And they come in with strange beliefs and then begin to twist the people. Well, Bible-believing Baptists, that's what this church is. That's what your sign says. If it's not, take it off the sign. And some are doing that also. I'm simply saying that strong preaching will entice those that need it. But strong preaching will also draw, it'll draw or it'll drive. And we need God's crowd, not just the educated crowd or the executives. Not, and, and strong preaching a lot of times will draw those type people. And I'm simply saying that we need to understand that, that we better un understand that we better not move those landmarks. The other day when Kim and I drove here, and, and I don't know about you older people, if you're like me, what in the world did we do before GPS? You ever thought about that? What in the world we do? We have these big books and we have to stop every 10 minutes flipping and say, oh, yeah, I'm on the right road. How convenient, how convenient GPS is, right? But then as we would drive, I'd, I'd see, I know we're on the right road, but I'd see signs, right? We see speed limit signs. We see Corpus Christi. I think we're headed that way. That's where we're going. Are y'all with me now? What if somebody took the signs and swapped them up? 
We're in trouble. You're not responding. We're in trouble. Somebody takes the signs and swap them up. We're in trouble. And that's what's happening today. That's why the Bible said, don't remove the landmarks. We've got to have some direction in what we believe and what we know and what we say we believe. We're not a non-denomination. We're fundamental independent Baptist. And so we can't change the signs. We don't need to do that. And I'm simply saying that's what it is. We've got to make sure the landmarks are there for our children and our grandchildren if they're going to ever reach their destination. This is why we have Providence Baptist College. This is why we have the institute, the, the Christian school, of which we almost kicked you out of. It's funny you didn't get kicked out of either one of them. Aren't y'all glad he made it? Now, folks, truly, listen, I, I, don't, I don't preach for money, but I'll blackmail for money. And if you have enough money and get to me, I'll tell you everything about him. And so you see me at the service, okay? He's a good young man. I'm glad. Yeah, preach it. Just don't remove the landmarks is what I'm trying to do right now. So uh, there's several unique. We're Baptists are unique. Y'all write these things down real quickly. Number one, we're the only non-Catholic, non-Protestant group in the world. Let me say that one more time. We're the only non-Catholic, non-Protestant group in the world. Don't you ever believe a news commentator who ever tells you that Baptists are Protestant. We're not Protestant. We never protested one time against the Catholic Church. They were killing us. We didn't protest them. That's the Reformation. We're not reformers. Now, if you study history, you'll find out that is so true. We didn't come out of Romanism. Bible-believing Baptists were from day one. From Jesus Christ, we understood that there were individuals who had a grip on the Word of God. They preached the gospel. They baptized their converts by immersion, and they established churches. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. Catholics don't do that. Protestants don't even do that. Only Bible believers are doing that. And we understand they were named different things, Anabaptists, Waldensians, and these type of things. But they were all Baptists in standards. So we need to understand that. So uh, you, you name your church or your denomination, and I'll tell you the origin. Uh, most come from Catholics. The Catholic Church, the Catholic Church was born in 325 AD in the Council of Nicaea. The Roman Catholic is the oldest of all denominations outside the Baptist. From 325 to 1517, the Catholic Church had a monopoly and no other organization or denomination, that's when they began to persecute the Baptists. And a young Catholic priest named Martin Luther, of course, you know the story. Some of you know the history in the 1500s. On his knees, was bleeding, walking up to some place to worship a little, a little idol. He was delusioned with the ritual and the sacraments. And he discovered reading God's word that the just, the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. The, he kept repeating it the, when he read it, the just shall live by faith. It's not works. And he was taught works. I was too for 20 years that I, you're supposed to work your way to heaven. If you do good enough, maybe you'll get there. And he kept repeating that. And then he got off his knees and he said, the just shall live by faith. That's what it is. And you understand that he revolted. I mean, in 1517, he revolted and the Protestant Reformation was born. 
nailed his 95 Theses on the Wittenberg Boyle and he called the Pope not a vicar of Christ, but a vicar of hell. Takes a lot of guts to do it. Are y'all with me now? We're talking about individuals that could have had their head cut off, but he was man enough, had a backbone enough to point his finger in the face of the Pope and call him what he was. That's where Reformation came. But that's, that's a Protestant Reformation. That's where the, ref, the Reformation came from. Are you with me now? We didn't come from that. We didn't come from that. And so with Protestant Reformation came the Lutheran Church and soon after that the Episcopalian Church and Church of England. Then about the century later, the birth of the Methodist Church in England. In the middle of the 1700s, you have the Methodist Church birth in America in the states of Georgia by John and Charles Wesley. A lot of these are godly men, but they're not Baptists. They're reformers. They're out of the Reformation. And so we need to understand that. And then, then in, in 1845, the Southern Baptist was born in Augusta, Georgia. I preach in Augusta, Georgia quite, quite often, or used to anyway. And that's where the Southern Baptists were, were born in Augusta, Georgia. About the 1901 is when the Pentecostal churches started, and they started out of dead Southern Baptist churches, and that's when the Pentecostals started their thing. Are y'all with me? There were no tongues spoken until then outside the book of Acts. And then when you take that and you study that out, you'll find out that every time that was done, it was in when there was lost Jews present. There was a miracle, the tongue. And the tongues were not unsubstantial languages. They were languages. And that's why they heard the word of God in their own language, the Bible says, their own tongue. There's not all this gibberish stuff that goes on. Oh, y'all whipping out. This is what happens when you get away from Bible-believing scriptures. And when you get that way, you end up in, in heresy. And so we understand that. In 1932, the World Baptist Fellowship under the direction of Dr. J. Frank Norris was born. All of my preachers came from there. Bob, Buchanan came, Bob Smith came from there. Bob Buchanan came from there. Jack Howes was somewhat like Frank Norris and I told him that. I said, man, there's so much parallels there between you and Dr. Norris. In the 1950s, Bible, Bible Baptist Fellowship in Springfield, Missouri was born. It's kind of offshoot of Frank Norris. Dr. B.B. Vick took that, that place. So y'all with me now? So out, out of Norris schools in, in, in Fort Worth, Dallas, and also out of Springfield, Missouri, the split from that when Dr. Norris and, and B.G. Vick and they were getting a, a bit kind of, leaders always can, kind of have headbutting. They produced the biggest churches that ever was produced in the United States of America. There was a day in the United States of America where the largest churches in the country were fundamental, independent, Bible-believing Baptists. That is not so anymore because people are spinning off. they wanting it soft. And one day we're going to stand for God Almighty and we're going to find out what that softness is. I don't know if you understand this, but God expects holiness from us. He expects right living from us. And all this loosey-goosey, come as you are, leave as you came is not biblical at all. You're to come to the house of God today, even right now as I'm teaching. Say, dear Lord, would you change me today? I want to be more like you. And so that's what it's all about. And, and all these things are happening, preacher. And, uh, you know, 1954, Southwide Baptist Fellowship was in. Some of these that I'm talking about have taken a left and they've gone to the left and moved. Are y'all with me now? They moved the ancient landmarks, preacher, is what it is. It's a shame that there's a deterioration, a seed of deterioration in any of those, these institutions. There's a seed of deterioration in this church, in Heritage Baptist Church, over a period of time. Oh, y'all listen to me now. Get rid of that preacher 
He's, y'all are only one generation and one pastor from compromise. You get the wrong man in, you're going to find out. Yeah, well, we'll just, you'll be amazed how people will change because of a preacher. If I could get you to do anything, I'd grab you and shake you and say, you better thank God for the man you have. And it's not because he's out of our place. It's because of what he believes and what he's standing for. We've got to have that in our country. And if we don't have that in our country, our country is gone. And if you believe for one moment that our country is in the shape because of Washington, D.C., our country is not in the shape that it is because of Washington, D.C., the politicians. Our country is in the shape it is because of the pulpits of America where preachers have not preached it in all the denominations. All the denominations. Are y'all with me now? Methodists used to lay it out. Bob Jones Sr. was a Methodist years ago. He would preach the stinking house down. Presbyterian preachers used to preach the house down. They were strong preachers. They all preached the King James back then. But because they're reforming and, and because they're out of the Reformation preaching, it all went back to mother, the mother Catholic. They all changed. Are y'all with me now? We don't wear a back collar. We don't wear a black, a black dress and call ourselves a father when we dress like a mother. And if he ever does that, I'm going to come down here and beat the tar out of him. And so we see that. Now, so we hold that Baptists came, that Baptists never came from the Protestant Reformation. Anybody ever tells you that? It's lying to you. It's un, un, unhistoric and unscriptural. Baptists with our strong conviction and strong preaching could never come out of the Catholic Church or the Protestant movement. There's no way. So Baptists are preaching. We baptize our converts and uh, Martin Luther and the Protestants hated Baptists. They sprinkled, and I was sprinkled as a child. But when I got born again, I got baptized, picturing the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's different than being sprinkled. Are y'all with me now? Now, where I'm from in Louisiana, you can't put them under the ground, right? Y'all know that. They put them in crypts. Because if you get a shovel and dig into the dirt, the water comes up. So you got to put them in crypts, right? But I preached 100, probably 100, more than 150 funerals at Northwest Bible Baptist Church. We had never took anybody to the graveyard and laid them on the ground and sprinkled some dirt over them and just left. We put them under and covered them. And one day God's going to bring them out. Are y'all with me now? Baptism is a picture. If you're here and you're a new convert and you've never been baptized, you have never done the first step of obedience to your Lord and Savior. So baptism is a picture of obedience of the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ of which you say you trusted as your Savior. And that's what it's about. And they don't do that, preacher. And, you know, I've said this before in a lot of places I preach. If you took all the churches in Corpus Christi, think about this for just a moment. And you walked into them and said, how many of y'all believe in Jesus? Everybody would say yes. Now, you'd have to conclude either they're all saved or just saying it don't make you saved. Number two, ask them how many have been scripturally baptized in deep water. Preacher, you've cut out 95% or 97% of the churches in Corpus Christi. You ask them what Bible they have. You ask them if Jesus Christ is their Savior. If you ask them if they've ever been scripturally baptized, do they have a, you cut out most of the churches. What I'm trying to say, I'm not, I'm not trying to bash all of them. I'm just trying to tell you that when you're a Bible believer, man, there is some lines that you draw and some landmarks that you have that are scripturally right that you cannot change. And so you must understand that we're non-Catholic, non-Protestant. Our people go all the way back to the apostles. 
Bible-believing gospel. We believe a Bible-believing gospel, a strong separatist. We go way back, way before the reform. What a heritage we have. How wonderful that is. And so I'm simply saying that, that uh, you know, Lutheran, you know, Luther and Calvin, all of them, they despised our people and hated our people. And uh, we never came out of the Catholic uh, Reformation. Number two, quickly, we're totally congregational. Isn't that wonderful that right here, we're the ones, you vote on things. We're, we're, we're totally congregational. Are y'all with me? We don't have headquarters. Independent Baptists don't even know where their hindquarters are, much less headquarters. We don't, we don't have headquarters. And if y'all don't understand what I'm talking about, and maybe you were saved out of one of these churches like I was, they take orders from headquarters. That means you ain't got no say. Folks, I don't know if you know this or not, Heritage Baptist Church belongs to you. It don't even belong to that preacher, thank God. It belongs to you. You're the tithing members. You voted. You built it. It's yours. And if you don't understand what I'm talking about, let me explain it a little bit. In denominational churches, if the preacher wants to change or not be that denomination, the denominational headquarters will come in and take that building from him because it's not his. It belongs to the denominational headquarters. That is not congregational. That's headquarters. How can a preacher ever be free or a congregation ever be free to do what God's commanded them to do when headquarters is dictating to them? Can't happen. The Pentecostals have their overseers. The Methodists have their bishops. The Lutherans have their synods. The Presbyterians have their synods. The Catholics have their dioceses. The Southern Baptists have their conventions. None of these are free. And if you think I'm kidding you, think about it for just a moment. If they step out of line, somebody's going to come. A denominational secretary is going to come and put them in their place. Dr. J. Frank Norris used to come right here in this town and all around and, and, and roll off too. And he'd tell those denominational individuals that part of that denomination and said, you're not free. You can't send missionaries out. You can't do what you want to do because your denomination won't let you. Your hands are tied. And it's true. Do you understand what freedom is, man? Heritage Baptist Church is free. You're free. You're free to send out missionaries wherever you want and whoever you want. You can vote. You can vote. Not denominational telling you what you can do. The preacher can listen. The preacher can recommend, but he's only one vote. He's a member. He's a member just like you are, but he just has influence, but he's just one vote. And if y'all, all of y'all vote against it and he votes for it, guess what? It's a no-go. Brother Che, you were part of our place for all those years. We never had a descending vote, did we? Not one time. But one time we had a man, a couple men stood. We were about to buy a couple big diesel pushers, diesel buses. And a man uh, said, preacher, we're just about to make the rent. We built a big building 32 miles away. Everybody had to transition. He said, because we're into the transition, maybe we ought to hold off just a little bit of buying that bus. And I thought that was wisdom. Another guy stood up and said, Preacher, I think we ought to. I said, Fine, we'll table it. It was not a descending vote. We just tabled it. After we got moved into the new church, 32 miles away, uh, we saw where all the finances leveled out and everything was great. And then that same guy that wanted to sell us that big diesel bus, he ended up having twins. He had two, two big diesel buses like that. And we ended up buying them both because I brought it back to the table. Are you with me now? But the congregation did that. I raised money, raised and bought a plane for a missionary. We bought a nice plane for the missionary. And 
it was not, it was not denominational, but that at, at the sleep, we didn't think it. We thought it was an independent Baptist clearinghouse or, or a, you know, mission agency. But when they told him that he had to give them the title of the plane and they're going to take the plane, I told him, I said, I've never heard of an independent Baptist institution demanding that. That's more denominational than what I'm used to. And he pulled out of everything and of course was sent out of our church then. So we need to understand that we're total congregational. Thank God for that. Uh, are you with me now? So uh, y'all own the property here. Baptists are the only people who are congregational like the Bible teaches. We call our pastors. A pastor's not sent here from denominational headquarters. We own our buildings. We send our own missionaries out. We pay our own bills. And nobody can take the buildings away from the congregation. You own them, not the denominational headquarters. And if you don't understand a lot of what I'm saying, you ought to go away from here saying, thank God we have a local New Testament Bible-believing Baptist church, and this is our church. The thing about it, preacher, there's some people that come and join the church. They don't think this is our church. This is your church. And if, you don't, if you're not happy and proud that you have this, God help you. That's all I can tell you. God has been very good to you. And I don't care if you give $2 or $2 million. This is your church, and you had as much to do with it as anybody in the world. It's not equal gifts, it's equal sacrifice. So how wonderful it is that this is your place, and uh, there's no outside authority. And that's what makes us uniquely different, preacher. We're different. We're uniquely different because of these things that I'm saying. Third thing I want to say is that we're totally autonomous. There's no outside coercion. No one can dictate from outside. No one from the outside is to tell the church how to operate. Uh, nobody is to tell the church who their pastor is going to be. Uh, I, I'd hate for a bishop to send a pastor. Are y'all with me now? Y'all get to vote. So when you lack a pastor like you did, you'll have the different pastors come in. They'll preach and then you vote. That's the man we want. But in the denominational, they don't do that. The headquarters say that guy ought to get there. They'll take sometimes a guy like your pastor that has generated some excitement and the church is growing. They'll take him out of that church and put him in a dead church where they need his excitement to build. And then they'll send you some deadhead. That's crazy. But that's what denominational live. Are y'all getting what I'm saying? Is it leaking through that I might be just a big B Baptist? Because I know my, listen, I know my heritage, I know my history, and I know what the Bible teaches. And the principles that I'm giving the Bible teaches, we're autonomous. Number next, we're evangelical. We're not, not neo-evangelical. We're in evangelical in the, in, the, in the point that I'm talking about evangelism. We believe in soul winning, leading people to Jesus Christ, knocking on their door, talking to them. I don't know who's here. I don't know you. I don't know who led you to Christ. I don't know if you came to church and got saved or somebody took a Bible and showed you how to be saved. I have no idea. But I promise you, friend, if you're saved by the grace of God, somebody got the gospel to you. And in our church like this, this church, listen, this church could absolutely explode to the point where you actually get, build a new building after you pay for this one. If everybody would get on board and winning souls and knocking doors and winning souls. That's what we did at Northwest Bible Baptist Church, starting with 31 people 40, 42 years ago now. And that thing just marches on. Are you with me? Because I'm, I hope you don't take me wrong. But God knows my heart. We trained them right. And that church is going up. Our independent Baptist church, sometimes when the pastor re retires or go off, we go down. 
Northwest is going up and I knew it would because they've been trained right, they've been trained right in what I'm talking about right now. They understand what they are and what the commission of God Almighty is and they just keep on going, man. We're evangelical in the fact that we win souls. Are y'all with me now? When you're knocking doors out there, you're not going to run across a, a, a Lutheran doing that or a Methodist. The only people you're going to find out there sometimes are cults and that's a shame. Jehovah's Witness or whatever. But the Presbyterians are not evangelical. Episcopalians are not evangelical. They get their increases from pedo-baptism. So y'all with me now? That's exactly what happened to me. They baptized me as a baby into the Roman Catholic Church and I'm to be there till death do us part is what they say. Pedo-baptism. Could anybody stand and show me infant baptism in the Bible? Anybody here? I challenge you. Well, if you can't do that, why in the world would anybody be a part of a church that believe in pedo-baptism? You don't baptize children. You got to come to the faith first. You got to come to Jesus Christ and then you're obedient to him in believer's baptism. Jesus was baptized in deep water. I'm just simply saying that, that the increase is through ch child baptism and our increase comes from converts. Our converts. Are you with me now? Lutherans and Catholics Methodists have their hard time because of the baby killing that we're having today. Some of you are freezing up on me. You look like you're a little bored. I'm not bored. I, I like what I'm saying because I know what I'm talking about. When, when we ended up at, at, uh, at the school, the, the, the grade school, when I came 40-something years ago, there were nine, nine schools, elementary schools, nine in our district, nine elementary schools that were open. They were closed down. Oh, I say open, I mean closed down. They were open for churches to take over. Nine in our district. The reason there were nine in our district because they had killed so many babies, there were not enough children to house the schools. So the schools just started accumulating in one school, but there were nine public schools that had no children in them because we killed so many babies. I don't believe y'all getting this. When I'm talking about pedo-baptism, you start killing the babies. Those denominations that believe in baby baptism, their, their, their roles, their Church roles are going to diminish down to nothing. I, I don't want to get freaky on you this morning. I got to. I got to quit right now, anyway. But now they're saying there's UFOs for real, and the Catholic Church has a telescope that's extreme in cost. On Mount Hermon, they're, they're looking into where a lot of us, we don't even have the capabilities of what they have and the cause. They call the telescope Lucifer. The Catholics do. And they're looking in and they're seeing things out there that they're not even reporting to America. And they're saying this. I, I know this sounds spooky, but go ahead and check it out yourself. They have met already in Rome to try to find out if these so-called Martians or so-called space people are okay to, to engraft into the Roman Catholic Church. That is about as spooky as anything I heard, but that they're doing that. The Roman Catholic and the Pope and all of them are meeting, talking this stuff out. And the reason they're doing it because they're not getting anybody in because all the babies are being killed and are y'all with me now? So how weird is that? That is so extremely weird. But that's what happens when you don't have the babies to baptize into the church and keep them there 
I guess you got to do all kind of strange and weird things. And that's where they're at. We get ours from the, listen carefully, please. We get our membership and our, and increase our roles, preacher, through the bar rooms, through the drug crowd, through the sinful crowd. That's who Jesus went to to save. Are y'all with me now? Not the religious crowd. In fact, he always went against the religious crowd. He's fighting the religious crowd because they always were Pharisees and always trying to nail him down for different stuff. He's always eating with sinners. He's always around sinners. He's around those because that's who he's trying to reach. Are you with me now? I'm harder on the church people than I am sinners because we need to understand what the mandates that we have. We're to reach the lost for Christ. That's what we're all about. I don't have time. I got to quit because the preacher said so. And um, I, if his parents taught him karate, I'm scared of him. Okay. We're missionary minded too. And thank God this church is. You keep pumping those missionaries out. You keep pumping them out and God will bless you for it. It's something about missions that's really wonderful. I, I can't finish, but that, that's enough to give you, whet your appetite. We are, we are Baptists. We're Baptists because I know history and I know the Bible. And you got to settle that thing in your heart that I am a fundamental independent Baptist. I know what that book teaches. I know what Christ did. And I ain't going to be nothing else except that. And if you don't settle some things in your heart, you have never made a decision. Are y'all with me now? Salvation is a decision. Baptism is a decision. Church membership is a decision. And until you make a decision, this is what I am and I will be nothing else. You're going to drift because you have never settled in your mind. This is what I am. Thank you for listening to our audio preaching podcast. For more information about our ministries, or if you would like to get in contact with us, please visit our website at heritagebaptistcctx.org. May God bless you as you go forward with the gospel this week.